country for the past year and a half. I've stayed in hundreds of hotels. I've tried every coffee out there. Well, some of the coffees have that terrible aftertaste, some that leave me jittery, or I get an upset stomach. Well, my coffee is different. It's the richest, smoothest, best coffee I've ever had. My coffee comes in a variety of flavors. You get them ground or whole bean, plus it's certified organic and non-GMO. I guarantee it'll be the best coffee you've ever had. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get my coffee for 25% off. And I'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products. That's mystore.com. It's my new platform for USA entrepreneurs. Please order now. My towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com You're still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your MyPillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets, MyPillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear, dog Whoa, bed. whoa, Charles. Everyone now can get MyPillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com. That's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to take advantage of our three-in-one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. And with our biggest closeout special, you get our all-season slippers for only $35, or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. And now, Lindell TV brings you The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone is served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times best-selling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome, I'm Roger Stone, and you are back in the Stone Zone. Well, the tsunami of lawfare against President Donald Trump to hamper his incredibly successful campaign to return to the White House took yet another turn today when state officials in Colorado prevented him, uh, sought to prevent him through a lawsuit 
uh, from appearing on the Colorado ballot. Joining us now from the courthouse uh, in Denver uh, is the former chief counsel for nominations of the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee, Mike Davis, uh, who also heads the Article 3 project. project. Uh, he was my guest on WABC Radio this weekend. Uh, was a great, great show. Mike Davis, thank you so much for joining us on the Stone Zone. Thank you for having me, Roger. Uh, I know your time is limited, so we're going to get uh, right to it. Um, explain to our listeners, if you will, what they are attempting to do uh, in Colorado, what their legal theory is, uh, and what the truth of the matter is. So these Democrats impeached President Trump twice for nonsense. They indicted him four times for non-crimes. They even brought a civil fraud charge in New York for the non-fraud of a businessman paying back Wall Street banks in full on time as agreed in interest. And this Democrat lawfare and election interference is backfiring on them. President Trump is now on the path to beat President Biden, Biden like a drum on November 5th. 2024. So they are resorting to a legal Hail Mary. They are going to the post-Civil War 14th Amendment. They're looking at Section 3 to disqualify President Trump from being on the ballot in Colorado under the uh, because they're claiming that he engaged in insurrection on January 6th. And they're using this legal theory in a blue state in Colorado. They went to this objectively biased Democrat judge in Denver, this Sarah Wallace, who's a Democrat donor. She donated to a political action committee that that sole purpose is to go after Republicans who supported President Trump on January 6th. Somehow she thinks that she's not biased after President Trump's lawyers raised a, a recusal motion and said, said that she is biased or at least appears to be biased by making this donation. How how the hell can you donate to an anti-Trump January 6th pack and then turn around and sit on a trial for Trump for January 6th? It just doesn't make sense. She denied that motion this morning. She said that she could be fair. She says she made the donation, but she doesn't remember making it, but she could be fair. She said that's not the legal standard. Her subjective belief on whether she could be fair is not the legal standard. It is It is objectively, what would the public think if they saw this donation? Would the public think that she could be fair? And the answer is hell no. Regardless, they're marching forward and they're trying to simply take President Trump off the ballot in Colorado, a blue state, and that they're gonna use that precedent in other states across the country in swing states, maybe like Michigan, to try to take him off the ballot there. And so if you can't beat President Trump on the ballot box, on November 5th, 2024, you're simply going to disqualify him under this bogus legal theory that prior courts have said is a bogus legal theory. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, there's no conviction of President Donald Trump for insurrection. He hasn't been charged with that. He hasn't been tried uh, for that. He hasn't been convicted of that. So this is all based on the subjective opinion, I guess, of the Colorado Secretary of State, no? Yeah, that's exactly right, Roger, and that's the point. Back when this Civil War Amendment was passed, the whole point of Section 3 it was because Confederate sympathizers and supporters who engaged in the Civil War insurrection were winning office. They were winning federal office. And so in order to stop that, they uh, they wanted to 
make sure that they weren't uh, th these Confederate sympathizers weren't undermining the post-Civil War construction in the Union. So they added Section 3 to the Constitution to disqualify them from federal office. But there is a court case from 1869 from Chief Justice Samuel Chase that's very clear. There's a case that's directly on point. It's the controlling case. If you want to disqualify under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, it's not self-executed. You can't just have some local judge like this, Sarah Wallace in Denver, or some Secretary of State in Colorado or New Hampshire or Michigan. They can't just do it by fiat or even through a trial. What you have to do is Congress has to pass a federal criminal statute for insurrection or rebellion, which Congress did in 1870. It's still on the books. The current version was updated in 1948. You charge the defendant under that federal criminal statute. You have to have evidence. You have to have evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. You have to have a unanimous federal jury. You need a federal judge to convict, and you need a federal the federal appellate courts to uphold that conviction, affirm that conviction on appeal. At that point, then you can seek to disqualify under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. But that, that is the only way you can disqualify uh, under the 14th Amendment. The qualifications for president are laid out in the Constitution, and the disqualification uh, for insurrection and rebellion is clearly laid out. It's through a federal criminal statute. It's not through some trial with Democrat uh, activists and Democrat lawyers and Democrat judges and Democrat hellholes like New York, D.C., Atlanta, or now even Denver. Uh, so my guess, of course, is that we're going to see a succession of these. I think you're exactly right. They're trying to set a precedent in a favorable state, in a favorable court before a favorable judge. Uh, if the judge, which seems likely, just guessing here, should end up ruling against uh, the president and remove him from the ballot in Colorado, what would be, where can he go for relief? Well, then what happens is th this is an election challenge under Colorado law. So you, President Trump can immediately appeal this to the Colorado Supreme Court on an expedited basis. The problem is, is that Democrats control the Supreme Court. They control every statewide office in Colorado. They control the Supreme Court. They control the courts of appeals. They control the Denver District Court. Uh, elections have consequences. And since 2006, when Democrats went to all mail ballots and legalized marijuana and every dirtbag across America, including from New York and California, moved to Colorado, uh, cultural COVID, and changed the place from a red state to a deep blue state, we're going to be dealing with these deep blue uh, Democrat judges. And so this will probably have to get resolved by the Supreme Court of the United States. They have discretionary review. They don't have to take this case, but they must take this case because these are republic ending tactics by Democrats. If they think they can just take out a presidential candidate, the leading presidential candidate through lawfare and election interference, and people are going to be fine with that. That's just not the, not the case. Well, there's also, it seems to me, to be timing issues. In other words, by the time this could be adjudicated, this election could be over. And then the point would be moved. No? Well, I mean, that that could be the case. And that is why the Supreme Court must step up and decide this case. Because I'll tell you what, if the Supreme Court lets this happen and they try to find their little weaselly ways to avoid this, like standing or mootness or political question or whatever weasel legal theory they use to get out of this, the Supreme Court will lose all legitimacy 
uh, from the left already hates them and they're going to have the right hate them too. So it's, it's critically important that the Supreme Court, they have lifetime tenure, they have pay protection, they're not supposed to care about the politics. These Supreme Court justices will have to put on their big boy pants. They're going to have to look at the controlling precedent on point by Chief Justice Samuel Chase from 1870, very long established precedent. They're going to have to apply that law and they're going to have to say that this Democrat lawfare and election interference is unconstitutional, it's illegal, it's un-American. I don't know the answer to this question. Who represented uh, President Trump in today's proceedings? So Scott Gessler is the last Republican Secretary of State in Colorado. He's very well-versed in Colorado election law. He's a very smart guy. He went to Michigan Law School. I've known Scott for a long time. I actually represented him when he was the Colorado Secretary of State, and I was a real lawyer in private practice in Colorado for 10 years. He's a good guy. President Trump is very well represented, uh, but unfortunately, when you have a biased judge, like we have a clearly biased Judge Sarah Wallace, again, who donated to a January 6th pack going after Trump supporters, and now she's sitting on a January 6th trial going after Trump. Trump's not get, you know, going to get a fair shake from this biased judge. This is going to have to get resolved by the Colorado Supreme Court, which will almost certainly side with the Democrats. So this will have to get resolved uh, by the Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, Mike, uh, last night on a Sunday night, uh, Judge uh, Chutkin in D.C. Uh, essentially reaffirmed uh, her gag order or, or reestablished her gag order uh, against uh, President Trump in that proceeding. Tell us your opinion on that. Well, it is egregiously unconstitutional. It is un-American. It's unsurprising that Biden special counsel this deranged special counsel, Jack Smith, and this obnoxiously partisan Obama DC judge, Tanya Shukin, teamed up to put this gag order on a criminal defendant. It is un-American. They did the same thing to you, Roger, and it's set a very bad precedent. The First Amendment protects Americans, including criminal defendants, not the government. The Sixth Amendment protects the criminal defendant's right to a fair trial, not the government. The local DC criminal rules, I think it's 57.7, to which uh, Judge Chuckin cites to impose her illegal gag order, that local rule says it's to protect the accused, the defendant. They are turning the Constitution from a shield that protects us into a sword that the government uses to come after us. This is, this is uh, I, it doesn't get worse than this. If there's anyone who needs to be able to speak out against the judge, the courtroom staff, the prosecutor, the witnesses, the process, it is a criminal defendant going through his criminal process. And to say that he's, that this is a prior restraint, an unconstitutional and illegal prior restraint on President Trump's free speech rights, just like it was on yours. And they're saying they're trying to protect the process and they're trying to protect witnesses. We have obstruction of justice, criminal statutes on the books right now. If President Trump obstructs justice, they can charge him with obstruction. They know he's not obstructing justice. They know he's not intimidating witnesses. This is to gag President Trump. This is lawfare. This is election interference because they know that President Trump is turning this lawfare to his advantage and, they're, and he's currently beating President Biden like a drum. The President Trump's lawyers need to seek immediate appeal of this gag order, seek a stay of Judge Chutkin's proceedings, go to the DC circuit and go to the Supreme Court if you have to.
All right. We uh, we very much appreciate uh, Mike Davis uh, reaching us really directly from the Colorado Courthouse to uh, respond to us uh, on those events and tumultuous events there today. Mike, thank you so much for joining us here on the Stone Zone. Thank you, Roger. Uh, all right, uh, folks, we have some uh, commercial messages uh, coming up here uh, momentarily. I do want to remind you uh, that we are brought to you by the great folks uh, at uh, MyPillow.com. Now, MyPillow.com uh, is, of course, the principal business of America's number one entrepreneur, businessman, free speech advocate, uh, and uh, election integrity advocate, Mike Lindell. And like yours truly, he too is under uh, assault. Uh, are we ready to uh, roll? My towels solve the problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com Welcome back. I'm Roger Stone, and you are back in uh, the Stone Zone. Again, I want to remind you that we're brought to you by the great folks at MyPillow. So please use promo code STONE when you go there for any of their great products. Helps us keep this program afloat. Uh, we are up to our keister in lawyers today. I want to thank uh, Mike Davis of the uh, uh, Project 3 uh, uh uh, pardon me, the uh, Amendment 3 Project, for joining us directly from the Colorado courtroom. And now joining us uh, is the man who is, uh, to my mind, the number one criminal defense attorney in the United States, very ably represented President Donald Trump uh, in one of his historic impeachment trials. Uh, David Schoen uh, joins us now in the Stone Zone. Thanks very much for having me. 
Thank you very much for being well, able, uh, being able to step in. Events are moving so quickly here, uh, it's hard to keep track of them, but uh, let's start with the, uh, by the order by Judge Chutkin last <laughs> night uh, regarding the, the gag order on President Donald Trump. What do you think? Well, you know, as you know, last night she she had originally stayed the um, the order pending the appeal of the order. Last night she reinstated it at uh, her friend Jack Smith's request, the special so-called special prosecutor uh, re uh, request. He said that uh, he felt that some of President Trump's uh, social media posts could be taken as threatening to Mark Meadows and otherwise, and needed the order reinstated. She reinstated the uh, the order. Uh, I would note that in between, on uh, in between, the American Civil Liberties Union filed an amicus brief, proposed amicus brief, joining President Trump's position in arguing that the gag order is unconstitutional in all regards. And their primary argument is that the order is too vague; that there's no way to know when you're violating the order, whether you're violating the order. And in that regard, I was absolutely, I was doubled over laughing at. Judge Chutkin's comment in the media, um, as reported in the media, which makes the ACLU's point. Judge Chutkin said, uh, regarding a statement by Donald Trump that led her to reinstate the order, this statement would almost certainly violate the order under any reasonable definition of targeting. If she wrote the order and she doesn't know whether a statement violates the order, she just stamped approval to the ACLU's brief on why the order is unconstitutional. I mean, that's absurd. Uh, that, that's the definition of vagueness. If an actor acts at his or her peril in an order like this, um, not knowing whether something they say violates it. But President Trump didn't threaten Mark Meadows in any regard. That's absurd. Jack Smith puts his cast on things and the judge agrees with it, um, gives him sort of carte blanche. The order is uh, unconstitutional from its inception for the reasons the ACLU said and for many more reasons. By the way, I was heartened to see the ACLU do this. I mean, they threw in a lot of shots at Donald Trump also, but the old, the old ACLU certainly would have stood up and filed a motion uh, striking down, to strike down this order. I wasn't so sure the new ACLU would since it has to do with Donald Trump. But um, there's so many things wrong with her order. Um, first of all, let's be clear. A person charged in an indictment is nothing more than a person accused and presumed innocent as a matter of law. As a matter of law, Donald Trump is completely innocent, not guilty of anything. So the first, fifth, and sixth amendments presumptively uh, give an accused the right to media access, the public and independent right to the proceedings, and, uh, and the defendant is entitled to put himself in a position that maximizes his standing in the public perception. To the extent this judge claims to be concerned about tainting any jury pool, let's take a look at the record. The government introduced in this case, uh, got the jury grand jury to return in this case, a speaking indictment, a lengthy document with details, unsupported and unproved uh, details, making very specific allegations against President Trump. Anybody in the world can download that, download it, have it accessible at will, include, including any prospective juror. And of course, many of them have, for sure. Um, that ought to taint the jury, if anything else. But they don't see it that way because it came from the government. But what about Judge Chutkin's own comments 
which she said weren't enough to require her disqualification from the case, but that in other cases, in the sentencing of other January 6th defendants, she has said that no uncertain words, she considers Donald Trump to be responsible for the events of January 6th, and that she complained that he's still out there free. Now, how on earth could anybody consider this to be fair judge on this case? That's absurd. So she should have accused herself. But you want to talk about potentially tainting a jury pool much more egregious than anything Donald Trump has said or would say. Yeah, the uh, journalist uh, Julie Kelly has pointed out uh, the broadness of the uh, of Judge Shutkin's gag order basically says that that Trump could be held responsible for surrogates saying things uh, on his behalf. So you would not only be limiting the First Amendment rights uh, of Donald Trump, you'd also be limiting the First Amendment rights of his supporters. I'm not sure how that would work. I mean, would you have to prove that he directed somebody to say something and they then said it? Or could you just say, well, if Eric Trump posted in support of his father, that would be a violation uh, of the order. In my case, the gag order was extended to members of my family, which was extraordinary, just extraordinary. Well, I believe the gag order in your case was 100% illegal also. It was a procedural issue with how the lawyers raised it in the end, but um, I think that order had to have been struck down. Think about what she's doing in this case, like in your case, but in this case, she's actually threatening him and going to penalize him based on the substance of his speech. She says, for example, he can't, he's criticizing and attacking prosecutors who are just doing their job. How does she know that? That's her opinion, that they're just doing their job. Not in my opinion. In my opinion, Jack Smith doesn't and shouldn't speak for my government. I think he's way off base. I think in the past, he's shown horrible judgment. He's prosecuted people that should not have been prosecuted. He has ruined lives. Uh, the juries in other cases, and then finally the Supreme Court in one of those cases, proved that he was dead wrong in proceeding in those cases. He has a staff of people who, in my view, are thugs equally like him. I think Donald Trump has the right to call him a thug if that's what he considers him to be. Any member of the public has the right to call him a thug if that's what they think he is, and if they think his behavior is thuggish. I have a sanctions motion going right now, pending in that district court. Um, against two of members of his staff who lied to a federal judge and engaged in other thuggish conduct. Um, so they don't represent me or my idea of the government. And I think the public's entitled to hear that perspective and to certainly hear it from the person they are seeking to attack. I don't know where this concept comes from that a, an American citizen simply accused of a crime can't challenge the system as corrupt if he believes it to be, as politically motivated, and any prosecutor or player in that system. I, I don't know where that emanates from. It is true that lawyers have certain uh, obstacles to doing that kind of thing. You know, that, that's part of what goes with being a member of the bar. Uh, so, that the, you know, the DC, Circuit, DC District Court has very specific, very draconian rules on what a lawyer can and can't say about a case. This is a member of the public in the middle of a political campaign who believes prosecution is completely politically motivated I believe he's entitled, no matter First Amendment law and otherwise, to say whatever he wants about the prosecutor, short of threatening their lives and presenting a clear and present imminent danger to them. And he hasn't done that and wouldn't do that. Yeah, it's interesting. So, for example, uh, Bob Barr, pardon me, Bill Barr uh, may be a witness in this case. 
Bill Barr was savagely attacking Donald Trump yesterday in the media, yet under this gag order, Trump would be prevented from responding to him to defend himself. It's a classic, classic example. The other thing this doesn't take into consideration uh, is leaks. So the uh, the fact that uh, Mark Meadows evidently testified to the grand jury in this matter, uh, I doubt that information came from Meadows or his lawyer. Where could that information possibly have come from? Uh, it's really it's really quite uh, extraordinary. David, we're going to go to a commercial break here uh, in just a minute. But when we come back on the other side, I want to talk about how, how it is possible uh, for Donald Trump to get relief. In other words, it seems to me that there is a, a timing factor here that's very significant. Uh, in my case, uh, through a writ of mandamus, uh, we challenged the gag order. Uh, and there are challenge, our challenge sat for eight months. Those are eight months while I sustained damage, while the Washington Post, the the uh, CNN, MSNBC, the dominant media outlets in the jurisdiction in which I was to be tried continued to uh, vilify me. Uh, well, of course, I couldn't respond to any of it. Uh, I don't know that the that he's going to be able to get uh, any uh, relief here from, I guess it's the Court of Appeals. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, I, I don't I'm not optimistic. I'm also concerned about the entire uh, timing of the trial. Anyway, we're going to cut to a commercial break and we will be right back. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time from entrepreneurs for my new platform, MyStore.com. And when I tried My Coffee for the first time, I was blown away. It is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. I spent the last four months doing my due diligence, and this family-owned business micromanages every step from the fields to the cup to ensure the best quality coffee you're ever gonna have. It starts with the beans that are grown in Honduras. Honduras's volcanic soil and humid climate make the perfect growing conditions for coffee plants, which produce the best beans ever. Then each batch is tested for its aroma, taste, and other aspects to meet the highest standards in the coffee industry. And after that, it goes into production, which is all done right here in the USA. 
It's like you're getting that small batch specialty coffee, but delivered right to your front door. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code and you'll get your very own My Coffee for 25% off. You guys all know that I've traveled the country for the past year and a half. I've stayed in hundreds of hotels. I've tried every coffee out there. Well, some of the coffees have that terrible aftertaste, some that leave me jittery, or I get an upset stomach. Well, my coffee is different. It's the richest, smoothest, best coffee I've ever had. My coffee comes in a variety of flavors. You get them ground or whole bean, plus it's certified organic and non-GMO. I guarantee it'll be the best coffee you've ever had. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get my coffee for 25% off. And I'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products. That's mystore.com. It's my new platform for USA entrepreneurs. Please order now. My Towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com Welcome back. I'm Roger Stone, and you are in the Stone Zone. That is an extraordinary uh, savings on the towels at MyPillow.com. So please, you can dial 1-800-544-8939. Uh, and order that way, or you can go to MyPillow.com. Either way, be sure to use promo code STONE. Whether it is the dog beds, or the pet blankets, or the all-season slippers, or the bath towels, uh, or the bath robes, uh, or the uh, the mattress toppers, or the waffle blankets, or the throw blankets, or any of the great, great products Uh, Mrs. Stone and I need your support. We need your support here at Stone Zone. So please uh, go and use promo code STONE. Uh, We return now to our interview uh, with uh, criminal defense attorney David Schoen. Uh, David Schoen is, to my mind, one of the most brilliant attorneys in the country uh, because he understands not only the law, but he understands the overlay of media coverage, uh, the public forum, uh, and all of those things that affect any major legal case in the country. Uh, Very few lawyers I can say this about. It's a great privilege to have you uh, on the show, David. Uh, So I read the uh, motion to stay the gag order, uh, which seemed to rely heavily on the president's status uh, as a presidential candidate. Uh, I'm not sure that that is, even though I think it is egregious that they are limiting his speech during the period that he is a candidate, Judge Chutkin has essentially 
rejected that argument uh, from the president's chief lawyer, Mr. Loro, uh, on several previous hearings. Uh, what did you think of their motion to stay? I thought it was okay. I personally would not have led with that. We know that the judge has gone uh, bent over backwards to say a number of occasions, as you mentioned, that she's not going to treat him differently from any other defendant before. That, of course, is a very silly thing to say. Um, it, he is different from any other defendant who has stood before her or any other court. He is a the leading presidential candidate in the middle of a presidential election, and the prosecution is clearly political. And there are other public interests that any judge ought to consider in any case. And here, there's a very strong public interest from the electorate, uh, which should have um, influenced her scheduling in the case. But she thinks that, you know, she's standing up to political forces by making these kinds of comments. But, um, you know, listen, I think that I don't know what will happen with the stay. I think on the merits, the Court of Appeals is simply going to have to consider this thing quickly. It was interesting for me to see that Smith uh, asked her to impose this order as a condition of release, uh, meaning that if he violated it, then President Trump's bail could be revoked. She declined, expressly declined to consider it as a term of release. I was a little surprised by that because um, I thought she'd want a little more juice in it. But had she done that, then clearly an immediate mandamus petition would lie um, that would require the Court of Appeals to consider it immediately based on just as they would the appeal of a bail order. Um, that's not the case, but I still think they're going to recognize the need to consider this immediately. And then, of course, when you get to the when it comes to the D.C. U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit, um, there's great diversity. And so, uh, you know, one would like to think that any judge just judges every case on the merits. And I hope that would be the case. But, uh, you know, you do have people across the political spectrum from the far left to the right on that court. And uh, the panel one gets is very much a luck of the draw. So let me understand this then. Uh, if the if the uh, judge found that President Trump violated the order, um, he could not necessarily have his bail revoked and therefore be incarcerated. Is that correct? Yeah, that's not a condition. She expressly did not make it a condition of release. On the other hand, he refused to specify what the uh, consequences would be for violating the order. She's keeping that open. So, you know, we saw that judge, an excuse for a judge in New York, uh, enter a fine for violation of the order. She certainly could do that if her order stands. Um, that would be within her authority, um, except that, you know, the as I say, the order is constitutionally infirm. And especially the argument the ACLU has raised, if the order is vague um, and impermissible on a matter of great public interest like this, then, you know, no fine ought to be permitted, but there shouldn't be any consequences because it shouldn't be in place. But assuming the order is upheld, then something like a fine. And eventually she could order some form of incarceration as a sanction for contempt or something like that uh, for violation of the order. So there are a number of options she has, and she could make it in the end a condition of release. Uh, that's uh, that's frightening uh, to to say uh, the least. I saw that the president's uh, lawyers uh, finally made a motion for dismissal of the charges as they stand today in D.C. Have you had an opportunity to review that? Yeah, there are I think four four motions that they made on different grounds. One of them is a ground that's you know of interest to me, um, 
That is, they've argued that uh, the prosecution is barred by double jeopardy in a sense because he was acquitted in the impeachment trial in which I was honored to serve as lead counsel. That certainly is true that he was uh, acquitted of the charge of the impeachment charges against him and that their theory for those impeachment charges was one very similar to the theory of this lawsuit. Um, what they have working against them is a pretty comprehensive Department of Justice Office of Legal Counsel opinion, 2000, that came to the opposite conclusion. But it does recognize that there are some solid arguments in favor of uh, barring a subsequent prosecution, the primary one of which is that the Constitution expressly says that one found guilty of the Articles of Impeachment can still be prosecuted um, in an a Article Three court. Um, but it doesn't say a person acquitted uh, can be prosecuted again. So that's part of where they draw their argument. Again, the Department of Justice opinion is a lengthy one. They go through various arguments on both sides. And the Department of Justice concluded that one could still be prosecuted uh, even after an acquittal in the Senate. So I feel like sort of I did my part um, and I was certainly, you know, uh, I think I would have whatever, be honored to have represented uh, President Trump in the other stage. But um, uh, he has the lawyers that he has. Yeah, I, I agree with that with that analysis. What is uh, your reaction to this news out of Colorado? Uh, that um, the Secretary of State is seeking to remove uh, President Trump from the ballot in that state. Uh, once again, a very partisan judge, a judge who gave contributions contrary to uh, President Trump. You have had a theory that you've discussed on my radio show, also here on this show, that there are other sections of the Constitution that address the question of the eligibility uh, to be president. Can you uh, speak to that? Yeah, I think that the, regardless of the fact that the 14th Amendment came later, I think that uh, the fact that Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution presents the qualifications uh, for a president is an exclusive list. And that is natural born citizen, 35 years of age, and uh, at least 14 years resident of the United States. And that's it. I don't think we've seen this in uh, with respect to Congress and term limits, the Thornton case. Um, the Constitution controls. And that's what I think the specific qualifications clause of the Constitution provides. Um, and so I don't think that the 14th Amendment provision that they're uh, referring to here re that refers to other state officers applies to the President of the United States. That's my view and a, a simple resolution of the matter. But I believe that, uh, you know, Mike Davis hit on a lot of the arguments earlier. There is this 1869 case in which Justice, Supreme Court Justice Salomon Chase sat by designation and said that the clause is not self-executing. Congress has to take action, and that hasn't happened. It's not coincidental that it's Colorado, and that I believe it will be uh, other states where they think a local judiciary is positively inclined for disqualifying President Trump from the ballot, um, or they'll find a Secretary of State willing to do it. We just saw, by the way, the Secretary of State in New Hampshire is not willing to do that, take President Trump off the ballot. But I think one of the other primary arguments is, uh, and this is consistent with the idea that it's not self-executing, is that we do have an insurrection statute. Um, and that would coincide with the provision in the Constitution if it applied to the president. I say it doesn't apply to the president at all. But if it applied to the president, then the only way to do this 
would be to have charged him with insurrection and gotten a guilty conviction under insurrection. Jack Smith expressly chose not to charge him with insurrection. He knew that was on the table. And we know he knew it was on the table because one of his fellow travelers, Andrew Weissman and Norm Eisen, and that crowd that's made a cottage industry out of suggesting prosecutions of President Trump and then providing their memos to the public, uh, prosecution memos by these folks who are supposed to be you know, not in the government. Anyway, they certainly suggested insurrection. Um, but he's not charged with insurrection, certainly never been convicted of insurrection, nor should he ever be. And so that ought to uh, eliminate the use of this 14th Amendment provision anyway. So I think the whole thing is a farce. It's very dangerous to our constitutional system. It would be stealing uh, the right to vote from all of the electorate, frankly, whether you want to vote for Donald Trump or not. He has a right to be on the ballot, and the electorate has the right to have him on the ballot, assuming he wins the primary. Again, it seems to me you've got serious timing issues. In other words, should he lose these proceedings, uh, we go to an extensive appeal, uh, the matter could be moot uh, if it's decided after the election and the voters will have been disenfranchised in that particular state. seems to me to be largely problematic. That's, that's a possibility. I would think that a, you would file a motion in federal court to ask them to intervene immediately. I've done many, many last-minute ballot access cases in which they've tried to keep candidates off of a ballot. I represent Libertarian Party, National Party, some state parties. I represent independent candidates who've been cheated uh, by the uh, by, certain, by the state legislatures who just favor Republicans and Democrats. I represented in the 2020 election. I represented a socialist candidate for president. D.C. was trying to keep off the ballot. And uh, just a, a month or so before the election, a court intervened and required her to be put on the ballot based on a settlement that the attorney general for D.C. wisely entered into. Uh, your reaction, David, to uh, decisions uh, by uh, Sidney Powell, uh, Kenneth Chesper, who I do not know, Jenna Ellis, who I do not know, uh, to plead guilty uh, in the Georgia case? Well, I think that, you know, in any criminal prosecution, prosecution has great leverage. They offered uh, at least one of them misdemeanors, uh, looks like Cheeseboro. Um, but um, uh, as for the others, I, I really can't say, you know, it's up to them and their lawyers what they're going to do. I think they'd be hard-pressed to lay the blame on President Trump because by all measures, they were all advising him uh, on this course, on the idea that the election had been stolen and what the appropriate remedy is. President Trump is not a lawyer. He relied on their counsel um, to a great degree. And I, I saw in the paper the other day, they said Sidney Powell wasn't his lawyer. You can see from the pictures, Sidney Powell was in that crew. Um, she's the one who you know, talked about the Kraken and what she was going to bring down because of this election irregularities and all of that. So they can't really reverse the tables on him if the truth is uh, to come out. All right, David, we're going to go to a quick commercial break and we will be right back.
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time from entrepreneurs for my new platform, MyStore.com. And when I tried my coffee for the first time, I was blown away. It is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. I spent the last four months doing my due diligence, and this family-owned business micromanages every step from the fields to the cup to ensure the best quality coffee you're ever gonna have. It starts with the beans that are grown in Honduras. Honduras's volcanic soil and humid climate make the perfect growing conditions for coffee plants, which produce the best beans ever. Then each batch is tested for its aroma, taste, and other aspects to meet the highest standards in the coffee industry. And after that, it goes into production, which is all done right here in the USA. It's like you're getting that small batch specialty coffee, but delivered right to your front door. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code and you'll get your very own My Coffee for 25% off. You guys all know that I've traveled the country for the past year and a half. I've stayed in hundreds of hotels. I've tried every coffee out there. Well, some of the coffees have that terrible aftertaste, some that leave me jittery, or I get an upset stomach. Well, my coffee is different. It's the richest, smoothest, best coffee I've ever had. My coffee comes in a variety of flavors. You get them ground or whole bean, plus it's certified organic and non-GMO. I guarantee it'll be the best coffee you've ever had. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get my coffee for 25% off. And I'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products. That's mystore.com. It's my new platform for USA entrepreneurs. Please order now. This is Roger Stone. You know, Winston Churchill loved a good cigar. So did Jack Kennedy, Mark Twain, and other notables. Whether you're an occasional cigar smoker or a regular cigar smoker, you need to know about My Patriot Cigars. These are premium handmade cigars out of Nicaragua made with 100% long filler tobacco aged at least three years to give you the best possible smoke. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE and you get 15% off. There's also free shipping for orders over $100. Every box of cigars comes with a $10 e-gift card for your next purchase. Yes, it's a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and don't forget to use the promo code STONE. And there you have it, folks. Please go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE. These are indeed uh, premium long-leaf Nicaraguan cigars. If you're a cigar smoker, I think you will find them most uh, satisfying. And of course, the country, the company is Patriot owned. All right, we're up for just a few more minutes with my guest, David Schoen, criminal defense uh, attorney, represented uh, President Donald Trump uh, in uh, his impeachment inquiry uh, quite capably. Uh, one more final question for you, David, before we move on. Uh, and I guess that is one of timing. Uh, given the Florida matter uh, pertaining to documents, given the D.C. matter, given these New York matters, what do you think the the order of these trials will end up being? Uh, and do you think any of them will be delayed? 
Well, it looked like the Georgia case would be delayed based on the speedy trial demand by Cheeseboro and uh, Powell. Um, and that would have been a great advantage to President Trump, I think, because he would have seen all of the evidence over the course of three or four months since they said they were calling all the witnesses. Now, with those guilty pleas, I would anticipate that the trial in Georgia could be moved up. The judge in D.C. Uh, said many times she's not going to move the trial date. That may be the first one. The judge in New York in the uh, Stormy Daniels case seems to be amenable, has been in contact. They report with the D.C. judge is willing to put his off while hers goes forward. And the judge in Florida is not until May. And they've had some discovery disputes down there that may well delay that trial. So if I had to bet, I would say that the D.C. case uh, goes first. And I would assume that Jack Smith is going to put pressure on uh, the district attorney Willis in Atlanta to hold off on her case against Trump until he proceeds with his. But I think those would be the two fighting it out, the Atlanta case and the D.C. case for who goes first. Uh, as of today, is there any charge against Donald Trump uh, is, if he was convicted of would prevent him from running or holding the office of president? No, he absolutely could hold the office of president. If God forbid you were convicted in any of these cases, I've actually represented a vice presidential candidate who's serving a life sentence in prison and trying to get him on the ballot, which was successful. Uh, there you have it. All right. David Schoen, criminal defense attorney, a uh, good friend uh, to my mind, perhaps the most brilliant legal mind in the United States. Thank you so much for joining us today on The Stone Zone. And God bless you. Thank you. And God bless you. Uh, all right, uh, folks. So we had uh, plenty of lawyers today. I want to thank Mike Davis uh, of the Article 3 Project uh, for giving us his analysis of the effort uh, in Colorado to keep President Donald Trump off of the ballot. Uh, this is just the beginning. Expect to see these actions in multiple states at the same time. Of course, whichever one state, uh, if there were to be a negative finding against the president, they would seek to use that as a federal standard. Uh, this uh, really is indicative of the fact that Donald Trump poses an existential threat to the two-party duopoly that is running the country. Uh, I suspect that there is internecine warfare going on today inside the Democratic Party as more and more Democrats are petrified over the fact that Joe Biden uh, looks and smells more and more like a loser in this upcoming election. Uh, in the meantime, it appears that uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida is now locked into a tight struggle for second place with former South Carolina uh, Governor Nikki Haley. We have an interesting uh, DeSantis video that I wanted to show you. While your time here has come to an end, we'll always remember Ron DeSanctimonious. We will never forget your unique laugh. <laughs> Watergate. <laughs> well, we're, uh, I'm here. I don't know the other one. Okay, all right, all right. Let's go. All right, we'll say hi to everybody. You always knew just the right thing to say. Nice. Yeah, probably about a sugar, huh? Good to see you. All right, 4-8. What are you talking about? I'm not here working with people. Are you fine? 
Or your excellent hygiene. That you apparently were eating chocolate pudding with three fingers. I have to put it to you, Governor. Have you ever eaten a chocolate pudding with three fingers? I don't remember ever doing that. <laughs> I'm telling you, maybe when I was a kid. You were never afraid to express yourself. And how could we forget your flawless performance on the debate stage? And I will not let you down. Don't cry because it's over, Ron. Just think of all those trips on private jets you were able to take with donor money. Or think of all the time you'll now have for pudding. But for now, it's bon voyage. And we will always remember Ron De Sanctimonious. Republican Assembly, which I assure you is very much a legitimate organization, passed a resolution only days ago calling on Governor DeSantis uh, to withdraw from the race, to return to Florida uh, and uh, fulfill his duties as governor. Uh, the fact that they gave me uh, their Americanism Award on October 14th is, in this case, completely and totally coincidental. Anyway, I'm Roger Stone. This has been The Stone Zone. Tune in tomorrow where uh, rare U.S. editor Troy Smith uh, joins us with a report that the Chinese have purchased $52.56 billion uh, worth of oil from Iran. You're not going to want to miss this story. Thank you and God bless you.